This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Lily Trotters, my favorite compression socks. I've been talking about them for years now on this podcast. It's crazy to say that, years. But if you're looking for something cute, stylish, and functional, go to lilytrotters.com and grab a pair of their compression socks. They work, they're cute, they're comfortable. Do it, go do it. Go to lilytrotters.com and use the code ANOTHER for 25% off your order. All right, friends, today, episode 201, I'm talking with Emily Tobia. She's someone that I've followed for quite some time on Instagram, and maybe some of you have too. Emily is a 310 marathoner. She's an ultra runner. She's done 600-mile distance races, 850-mile races, and you might know her for the woman who likes to run a lot of miles on the treadmill. We talk about this a lot in the episode. She's known for running 20, 22 miles multiple days a week on her treadmill. Another cool part of her story, she ran that marathon PR recently and she's 42. So I love to hear of women PRing the marathon in their 40s. It's just extra exciting to me. She's the mother of two. Her kids are four and 19. So she's parenting kids in two totally different stages of life. And I had so many questions in regards to that and really loved how open, honest, and vulnerable she was about sharing her story with some fertility issues and miscarriages along the way. I'm so thankful that I have this podcast to have these in-depth conversations with people like Emily. You can follow someone from afar on social media for quite some time, but until you have that one-on-one conversation with them, I feel like you don't know them as deep as you thought you did. And so I'm really thankful for this opportunity to talk to people like Emily. So thank you guys for listening because if it weren't for you, this really wouldn't be happening. So I appreciate you guys. Hey, if you are going to be in Indianapolis for the Beyond Monumental Marathon, come to the live event that I'm doing with Dina Castor and Sally McGray. It is Saturday, November 9th, and it is in the evening after the marathon. So it's a celebratory event. We're going to have a live conversation with Sally and Dina. I think one of the newest details that we've firmed up is that there's going to be a nacho bar at the event. Yep, a nacho bar. I think that sounds delightful. You guys can find tickets for the event if you go to lindsayhine.com and find it in the show notes. If you go to the podcast tab of my website and go to the most recent show notes, you'll find the link to that. You can also find it if you just Google Dina Castor, Sally McRae Live Show, Indianapolis on Eventbrite. You'll find it. So make sure you grab your tickets today. Grab your friends who are running the race. If you aren't planning to come to Indianapolis for the race, put it on your calendar and come and come to the event. It's going to be so fun. All right, friends. And don't forget, I started a second podcast, the Illuminate Podcast. My most recent episode there dropped Wednesday. So if you finish this episode with Emily and you think, man, I wish I had another, go subscribe to the Illuminate Podcast and check out my conversation that dropped this past Wednesday with Julie Vores over there. All right, you can find Emily on social media. She's run EMZ on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Emily. Today on the podcast, we're talking with Emily Toya. Welcome to I'll Have Another, Emily. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I've been following you on Instagram for quite some time now. And I think most of us might know you as the girl who runs a lot of miles on the treadmill. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, where do you live, Emily? Right now, I live in Tucson. Um, I'm an Arizona native, but we just moved to Tucson about a year ago. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd love to get a little bit of a backstory on your life and um, when you fell in love with running. 
Yeah, you know, um, I was always one of those people who said that they hated running. I, I played volleyball um, probably from the time I was about 10 until I got injured when I was 17. And running was just something that felt like, you know, it, if the coach would get mad at you, you have to run. You know, it was always the consequence of doing something bad. So I never enjoyed running until I got injured. And my doctor said and, and my um, sports you know, um, coach said, you know, you, you need to stay active. You need to keep, you know, doing what you can until we get everything, you know, back to where you can do more jumping and so forth. So I started running begrudgingly and I would go maybe two, three miles and I, I hated it. Um, then it, I, I'm not really sure exactly the moment where it just started to feel a lot better. But of course, as you start to do things, you get better at it and becomes a little bit more bearable. And we had ended up moving my family when when I was about 17. And I got lost in the neighborhood. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, I kind of know this road. And then I take myself off further. And anyway, ended up back home, kind of explained to my dad, you know, this is where I went. And my dad being, you know, he's very much into sports and very much into um, athletics. And he's like, hop in the car, show me where you think you went. And so we hopped in and he sets the odometer and we kind of do, you know, what I think to probably be about 90% accurate of me getting lost. And it ended up being eight miles. And I was like, no way, there's no way I just went eight miles. And my dad's like, I know, there's no way you just went eight miles. You come in from three miles and you're unhappy and it seems like you don't like it. And he's like, how'd you do that? It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just had to get home. And it was kind of one of those things where all of a sudden you realize I might be okay with this. And like, I don't feel like I'm dying right now. Like I went eight and I, and I didn't feel like you know, I had to walk the rest of the way home or it it felt really good. So I was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should do it. And, um, so I just slowly started adding some miles, um, you know, and I would run and then I wouldn't, and then I'd pick it back up and then I wouldn't probably over the course of, you know, three, four years. Um, and ended up never going back to volleyball, just kind of lost interest. I, had a scholarship I ended up turning down, which is a kind of sad point for my parents. They're like, no, <laughs> you know how much money we put into that. But um, yeah, so I ended up just kind of, you know, taking up running recreationally and then got married. And then um, a couple months later, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to try to run a marathon. And I had only ever run. I, I think my longest run ever was 16 miles. And um, I ended up running that marathon and was unknowingly pregnant. And I ended up finishing in like four hours and I think it was 15 minutes or something. And I was like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm done with, <laughs> I'm done with marathons. I like, I did it and it was great, but I'm, you know, one and done. And then um, it took about nine years to get the fire built up in me again. But ever since then, I just haven't stopped. <laughs> nine years. Yeah. So your daughter was like, nine. Um, yeah. When I, when I started picking it up again. Wow. Oh yeah. My what was going on in your life in those nine years? A lot. <laughs> there was a lot going on in those years. Um, you know, I've always been, I, I would call myself a, a stay at home mom, but I also run a business from home that I've done ever since she was one and a half or two years old. And so you know, that allowed me to, I guess, feel like I was still very much a, you know, at home mom and and do all those sorts of mom things with her. But at the same time, it does afford me a lot of flexibility in, um, you know, whether that's training or, um, you know, family time and and stuff like that. But um, I would say probably four years when when my daughter was four years old, um, you know, I decided, okay, I don't want this gap between my children to be too great. I want to, you know, um, you know, start working on (laughs) number two here. And it just wasn't happening. Um, It, you know, I went to see doctors and, you know, they sort of put you on, you know, schedules and you do this then and, and for some reason, that really sucked a lot of joy and life out of me. Yeah. It just, it, some people, it, it works a little better, I guess. I don't know. It just didn't feel right and fit right to me. And um, 
so that was probably close to three or four years that that whole time and in running wise with all of that I I wasn't running any races um I think my husband had signed me up for a half marathon on a whim for a birthday present and so I did that but um I actually did the marathon first and then the half (laughs) marathon was a few years later and um and running was just kind of something I enjoyed I'd do it at the gym um, I put, you know, my daughter was able to go to the daycare there. So I was, I was a fan of the treadmill early on, um, just because I, I could do it at the gym and she could still play. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hadn't done any big races and, and I did that half and it was fun. And then we found out that we were pregnant and that was about when my, I'd say my daughter was probably eight and a half then. And, you know, of course, we were super stoked, really excited, couldn't believe, you know, we we're going to have this nine and a half year span in between our kids. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And um, then I ended up having a mis- miscarriage. And again, I, I think I, I might be wired a little differently. That really rocked me. I know some people can go through that and come out champions and, you know, so have a hard time, but be able to be really bright and optimistic about it at some point. And I wasn't that girl. It it was really hard. I I had just really banked on it. You know, once you go out and you tell everybody, you make silly shirts, and you really start to think, you know, this is happening. I'm so excited, and it has taken forever. And then to have it not happen, I'm just not really good, I guess, with that kind of disappointment. Um, so. To be honest, um, I turned to running. It was just mm-hmm. a therapy at that point. I was just, you know, kind of wanting to get out of my own head, get lost a little bit. Um, my daughter was in school, and I, you know, would take off and and just do sort of, I don't know, six or nine mile mile runs. And I was just finding that I was, you know. I still wouldn't run with a watch. I've always been kind of, you know, non-techno savvy. (laughs) I would just kind of go out. But then I was realizing I was getting home a little earlier, like each time. And I was like, oh, that's fun. That's fun to kind of see that. And so um, that's when I just kind of threw myself into it, picked a marathon. Um, Interestingly enough, it was the Tucson Marathon. I wasn't living here then and um, ended up qualifying for Boston on, on my second marathon. So that it was just so eye opening. I was like, I can do this. Like, this is something I'm, I'm willing to go through a little bit of, you know, pain. I I kind of am good with uncomfortable for the most part, at least as it pertains to athletics. And, um, and so I just really jumped in and kind of haven't looked back since. Yeah. Do you feel like the uncomfortableness of running hard helped you get through the miscarriage and uh, all of that? Without a doubt. And and I can say that it's so many d- different points in my life. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I know that may not always be viewed as healthy, you know, mm-hmm. to, to instantly turn to something, um, like that just for release. However, it's, you know, I, I will say I, I do my, <laughs> you know, um, mental therapy with people at the same time. I I don't just purely look to have running solve my issues, but, um, there is something completely therapeutic about just feeling like you've kind of left it all there physically Mm -hmm. for an hour or two and just know, I don't, it, it, it calms me with, without a doubt. It's something that just kind of brings me back to reality. I feel like my head is more clear and then in turn, I'm able to, to tackle the things I really need to. Um, I've dealt with anxiety ever since I was, I'd say 13 at a pretty, at a pretty severe level. Um, you know, even I'd say 10 years ago, having a phone call like this Mm. would just like my heart would be Mm -hmm. out of my chest, you know, and I know a lot of people have issues speaking in front of people, but Typically, when you're on the phone with someone, it does feel a lot more comfortable. And that was not me up in, you know, it's taken years to just kind of be able to communicate with people um, without sort of being unable to speak or just be sweating or unable to convey, you know, what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, So I feel like running has really helped me with that, without a doubt. I, I had been on or tried, I should say, 
probably 12 to 15 different medications over probably 25 years. <laughs> and I haven't had any sort of medication for the last 12, 15, wow. 13. Yeah. And so it is a different kind of drug. And, and um, I know that some people would probably feel more comfortable being on some sort of a pill rather than using the running. I, I get a lot of people, don't you think you're killing your joints? How long do you think you can keep this up? Um, you're really going to have to find other ways. Um, to, to which I, I say, you're probably not wrong, but at, at this point, I'm very in tune with my body. I, I know when things don't feel right and I back off and it's just what's been working for me. And so it's what I continue to do. Well, and Emily's talking about this, like she runs a lot of miles. So when, when you're talking about people saying like, don't you think that might not be the best thing for your body? Like you run like 22 miles a day, don't you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to do something between 20 and 25 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then um, maybe 10 on Tuesday. And then I always take Thursday off and always, I always take, take Sunday Thursday. off. Okay, so you yeah, don't I run. I take off two days a week. Two days a week <laughs> I, you don't run. I'm religious about not running those two days. Why is it I, Thursday I and Sunday? Um, you know, I feel like three days is about as much as my body will take back to back. Um, it's just something I've just been very in tune with my body about. And if I try to do four in a row, it's like that fourth day is either just really uncomfortable or I'm just not in it. And so I try to do no more than three days back to back. And then Sunday is always a day with my family. So I try to keep anything running out of the mix that day. So it, I've I've taken two days off a week for probably 13 years. Wow. Yeah, it's just I'm I'm pretty... I'm pretty solid and all my appointments are always on Thursdays. Uh -huh. I just try to make it the day that, you know, I'm able to, to get maybe some of the extra things done. So it's just worked for us. It feels really good probably to have like a day where you just know, like this exactly. is the day I'm not working out. I'm not like getting sweaty. Like I'm just uh -huh. doing all the things. Cause I'm pretty sporadic. Like I would say I probably work out six days a week, not necessarily run six days a week. Uh huh. Um, but it's very sporadic. Like I'm like, Oh, okay, I think I've done stuff like four days in a row. This sounds like a good day to take right, off. Right, right. And there's something very cool about that too. I yeah. Mean, sometimes I wish I was less regimented about that. Like, totally. Like, why does it always have to be Thursday? And it doesn't. And there's days it isn't. But I, you that know, works hearing you, you say that kind of sounds pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think that both sound great for different reasons. Um, right. But so, so then you do like 20 to 25 Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. so Tuesdays, Tim, what about Saturday? Um, oh, yeah. Saturday is usually just depending on how I feel, um, usually somewhere between 8 and 12, just kind of see how that Friday run run. Usually it goes pretty good because when you, when I take Thursday off, then Friday I'm good. super ready to run. And and so then on, on Saturday it's more like just a recovery run of sorts. So. so does that 20, 40, 60, set, so are you like 85, 95 miles a week on average? Yeah, I, I tend to do um, somewhere between 75 and 95 okay. pretty like really consistently. I try to do two high weeks and then so I'll do two weeks at 90 and then the next week I'll do 70, 75. I try to do two weeks hard and then one week easy. Okay, so then somewhere between when you had the miscarriage when your daughter was eight and a half and mm -hmm. and now you had your son because he's in kindergarten now. So <laughs> right. get, paint us that picture. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> that story brings so many. You've got to get my wits about me here. Um, yeah, that, that was actually another really hard time in, in my life, I guess, in our lives as a family. Um, we had actually gone through a different miscarriage. Um, so there were two, mm -hmm. um, right before I found out I was pregnant with him probably about a year prior. And I was running a hundred mile race, an Aravipa race out in, um, in Goodyear. And I finished that race. It was about a week later and I'm like, I'm just not recovering. I just feel horrible. I don't know what is going hmm. on. And, and I had done probably, I don't know, four or five hundreds before then. And so I, I thought I would be, you know, kind of aware as to how things would be feeling and so forth. And I was a doctor and he told me I was 11 weeks pregnant. And when I you did like, the hundred? Oh. 
Exactly. Whoa. <laughs> exactly. And I totally don't recommend that. I mean, obviously, I would not have done it. So when he said, he literally looked at me and he said, this baby is a miracle. And I still cried just saying yeah. it because he's like, your body shouldn't be able to do that. Like this should have been an issue, especially given my past with, you know, miscarriages and so forth. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. Ugh. Mm. And you know, then so many thoughts get, you know, rushing your head. When I had the miscarriage before that, I was like, my kids are going to be too far apart. Like we're just shutting, yeah. you know, this down for business. Nothing's happening. But I was like, what's the point in actually going through with that shutting it down for business when nothing's happening anyway, kind mm -hmm. of mentality. And so, um, yeah, it, it totally blew us away. So now my, my children are 14 years apart. Wow. And, um, Bo is totally healthy. My doctor and my OBGYN told me, well, if you could run a hundred miles <laughs> with this kid, you know, we don't want, you are not running any other hundred milers while you're pregnant. But he said, I'm totally fine with you doing what you feel, um, you know, feels good for you. And I was able to maintain almost exactly my, my same training at slower paces, Yeah. but same distances through my entire pregnancy. I, I think I ran nine miles the day before I delivered him and he was, um, exactly at 37 weeks and weighed, um, as much as my doctor said, a typical 39, you know, week baby would weigh. He was over six and a half pounds. So given three weeks early, that's big. Felt pretty yeah. happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. For three weeks early. Right. So yeah, it, it was pretty incredible. It, it, it's so funny because he, we did all of our treadmill runs together. And, you know, mm -hmm. once he was born, I would just sit him in his little seat as he would sleep. And it was, it, it was so funny to me because whenever I would have to you know, take a break or, you know, pause a treadmill for any reason, that's when he'd wake up. Like mm -hmm. the kid was just used to that, that noise, sound, I guess like vacuuming or, you know, the white noise. So I love yeah. the name. I love the name Bo. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cute. It's a he's, solid name. He's definitely a Bo. Yeah. So. What's your daughter's name? Ellie. Ellie and Bo. Those yeah. are cute names. Talk They're to me cute. about what it's like to be on these like two separate stages of parenting my kids are all back to back oh, so I don't yeah. I can't understand I don't understand you did it, it a little bit it. more wisely well yeah. I mean obviously <laughs> there's you know like you never know someone's story like I you know to be True. completely honest and I, I wonder if you get this question a lot like I'm like did she just have her first son super early like was she young right. you know and so this is so interesting to hear it all tied together so yeah anyway yeah so tell me about parenting kids at such a separate stage Oh, goodness. It, it truly just feels like I had to break out all the parenting books all over again. Like I truly felt like a first time parent all over again. Um, I am the youngest of five. And so I was an aunt when I was eight. Okay. So <laughs> I feel like I've never kind of never really had that nervousness of being around kids or not knowing what to do or what to try, because I pretty much feel like I was you know, being some sort of a babysitter or, you know, helper from eight on. So thank goodness I knew some stuff about, about that, but, um, yeah, they adore each other, which is the world to me. Mm -hmm. They miss each other, which is also super heartbreaking. My daughter's in Hawaii going to college. Wow. And, um, so whenever they get to see each other or FaceTime, it's just the sweetest thing in the whole world because, they do love and miss each other so much. Um, Ellie, I swear, she just thinks this little boy walks on water. She just adores him. Um, and he's five. You know, he's a bit of a tyrant sometimes. He can be a bit of a turd at his yeah. moments. But oh, yeah. I guess we all can. Uh -huh. But um, they are just so adorable together. You know, I, I remember this time last year, I was dropping my daughter off at college at her dorm. And then I was within three days filling out the final paperwork for my son's preschool. <laughs> and I'm just like, what world is this where I'm doing this right now? But um, honestly, you know, would, would I do it this way again if I had the choice? 
I don't know. I, I'll be honest, probably not. It's it's a lot of years different. And um, I do, it does kind of make me sad that my kids can't be raised mm, in the, mm-hmm. the same house and get to kind of bond a little bit more like that. But do I feel like it's worked out as good as it possibly could given the circumstances? Absolutely. Like 100%. Like, I feel like it it works for us because this is what we have to work with and they just adore each other. And of course I adore each of them. They are so unique and so different, but yet, you know, their, their personalities are just incredible. So when they're together, it is really something to see. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you acknowledge that too, because it's like, you are so grateful for both of your kids, but like, that doesn't mean that like, had you, been able to plan it exactly how you wanted to plan it. Like right. You wouldn't have planned it differently. Like it's okay <laughs> to admit that. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that because yeah, sometimes I feel like, oh no, we're all supposed to be like, no, I do it just this, this way all over again. I'm like, heck no, I got a lot of things yeah. that I would turn around and change if I could. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have the experience of going through them the way I did, but, but yeah, there's some things that change. <laughs> yeah. That's refreshing to hear someone yeah. admit that, you know, to like really say that. Um, right. what's more, what was, more challenging emotionally and maybe things like this aren't challenging for you but a lot of moms I know struggle with like the tears on the first day of kindergarten so I was gonna say (laughs) that or the tears of dropping off at college it was college yeah yeah I I kind of don't even have to think about it and trust me there were tears at both but I I don't know I'm sure it was the fact that you know she's in Hawaii and it's Mm -hmm. so far And, um, I couldn't just, you know, go and pick her up at three when she was done. Um, that ripped, oh, that just completely ripped me apart when I left her at college. Um, you know, to have my daughter be, you know, the only child for so many years. And not only that, she's like this incredible spirit. She has like such a a wise, um, soul. She's just she just seems so much older for her Mm -hmm. age. Like sometimes I feel like she's the parent and I'm the mom. Like (laughs) she is just, she reads a lot and she it's we're kind of different like that. Like this girl's happiest with her face in a book and painting and, you know, very creative. And, um, I'm just not that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have a hard time sitting down. I have a hard time, you know, um, reading, I guess. Um, unless it's like captions on my television, I'm really good at that, but (laughs) it's, I, she is just the sweetest, wisest soul. And it it truly was such a hard thing for me when I came home and she wasn't there, her little bubbly personality. So yeah, call it. I mean, even this time when she went back for her second year, still the same, I'm still, you know, just talking about her gets me very emotional. I just, I miss her. I miss my girl. Yeah. So I definitely, as soon as we um, drop her off, I'm always like, okay, so when do I see you next? <laughs> because I need that date on my calendar of when I get to squeeze you again. Yeah. Yeah. So she's yeah. in Hawaii. So do so you go to, to the drop off. Does she yeah. come home at like Christmas? What does that look yeah. like? Yeah. Um, Christmas last year, we ended up meeting in London where oh, wow. um, some nice. of her grandparents are. So yeah, that worked out pretty good. But no big um, deal. Just going to hop over to London. I know. It's so funny. I, I, yeah, this is not, this is something that was very new to me. Um, my husband's family is pretty much all over the world. So I didn't even have a passport until we got married. And Mm. then it just seems like even if we just go visit family, we're popping everywhere. But, um, in the summer she comes home. So she came here, um, I want to say end of July, early August, So it hasn't been too long. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm going to jump in real quick and thank a sponsor for this episode, and that is Sweaty Betty. If you aren't already rocking the Sweaty Betty, I encourage you to check them out. They have the most fashionable, cute, functional clothes in the active wear space. I am loving them most recently. I got the High Shine high-waisted workout leggings. Okay, I do love the power leggings. I do love the zero gravity leggings. Those are both great for running and working out, but these high shine workout leggings, I wore them to Pilates on Tuesday and I never want to take them off. They're like so, so comfortable and the material feels really good on your legs. 
Anyway, they're perfect for workouts like Pilates. And if you're at the gym doing weights, whatever, they're super comfortable and cute. The other item I want to tell you about is the Fast Track Running Jacket. It's a lightweight jacket with a hidden pocket in the back for storing essentials while you run. It has a versatile hood that you can pack away. It's super cute, super comfortable. And I was really excited because I got to wear it to the boys' soccer practice the other night. It's been a little bit warm out for it, and it was had that like perfect fall chilly feel in the evening. So I actually wore that with the high shine leggings and I just felt all kinds of put together and cute. So if you haven't checked out Sweaty Buddy yet, I encourage you to do so. When you support a sponsor of this podcast, you are directly supporting the show. So you can do that by going to sweatybuddy.com and using the code ANOTHER, you'll get 20% off your order. Go treat yourself, get yourself a fall running outfit. That's sweatybuddy.com and use the code ANOTHER for 20% off your order. All right, friends, let's enjoy the rest of my conversation with Emily. Okay, so let's talk about your, like the treadmill thing and how you started doing most of your miles on the treadmill. Yeah, so um, I was speaking of volleyball and, and when I got injured, um, I still had kind of like a lingering knee issue. My angle was actually what got wrecked. And, um, over the years when I kind of just started building up some running slowly, um, I could tell that those, that my knee, um, was giving me a problem, which, you know, wasn't actually my biggest injury. And so I went to the doctor and he said, you know, given all you know, the abuse you put on this. I'm like, I'm only, I'm only 22. Come on. How how old can I be? Um, he said, you know, you should really try running on a surface. that's more forgiving. Mm. And he's like, do you have any trails? And I'm like, trails, <laughs> I don't want to run in dirt. Like it's, I didn't have a whole lot of trails accessible to me, which is probably uh, other people in Arizona. They're like cop out because I mean, they are, but I'm not one of those people who likes to drive you know, 30, 45 minutes so that I can, you know, it just feels like so much of my day is in a car. So he said, um, you know, maybe try a treadmill. I was like, oh, well, I use the treadmills at the gym. He's like, well, think about it. Do you have the pain that you have when you're on a treadmill than, you know, when you're outside on the pavement? And I said, I guess I haven't really thought about it, but I'll start paying more attention. And, um, and so I, I started doing that and then only running on a treadmill at my gym and I was like, you know what? I, he's right. Like, it, I don't know if I, maybe I was dialing it back and running slower. I, at that time, I just didn't know. But I could tell that I wasn't, I didn't have the nagging aches if I ran on the treadmill. And so then we started, I started kind of looking into getting my own treadmill because I'm very much a morning person. And the gym, um, you know, would open kind of early, but it just wasn't working for our family. Getting me out of the house for two hours in the morning just, um, wasn't the best fit for my family's needs at the time. And so we went and bought a treadmill at Sears or something. It was just (laughs) like some, you know, sort of base model Nordic track thing. And I absolutely loved it. It was pushed up right in front of a block wall I had no TV, nothing. It was just looking right, not even at a window, just wall. And for some reason, it didn't bug me like everybody else. Like I could hop on there. I'd go, I typically go like hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half. And, you know, and I would, you know, this is when Instagram was very new and I was mostly doing blogging. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. That B word. And so I would post it and people are, like, what is, what do you look out the window at? I'm like, no, it's a wall. And they're like, how do you not like want to shoot yourself? And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, this is so nice. Like I can run, I'm in AC. I can use a bathroom if I need to. It's right down the hall. I have my water right there. I don't have to plan anything. And like, it just wasn't, it wasn't to me what it was to so many other people. Like it was very mm-hmm. eye opening to me that people were like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, is it? Because I kind of dig that I can do this while my whole, whole house is asleep. Yeah. I can have my run done before my kids wake up at, or my kid at the time wake up. And it was, it was beautiful. I was like, how is this not a win? 
I agree. Yeah. So it just kind of went from there. It just, I was like, I guess I am just wired a little differently. It just, it felt like a really good fit. Okay. So here are my follow-up questions. I know this has been a really long time that you've been doing it. So like that was, you're saying back in the day, you're talking like what, like 2010 or something? Yeah. 2008 or nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you don't, you really, do you listen to music or podcasts or anything? Mm-mm. Like you don't do anything. No, it, I would, I, I, I won't say never. If I'm going to listen to music, it'll be the last 30 minutes of a run. Yeah. Um, and if I'm ever going to watch TV, it'll be on a Tuesday just because I know my run's kind of shorter. And so I'll watch like kids baking championship or something <laughs> that I've recorded on, on the DVR. And for some reason that works for me on the days where I know I'm just trying to, you know, just get my legs going. Not any run that I feel like I'm doing with a lot of purpose, um, you know, trying to hit certain, you know, paces or elevations or things like that. I typically try not to, um, just so I can kind of be dialed in a little bit more. But also it's it's funny, like some people who like to watch TV when they're running, like it makes it feel like it goes by longer to me. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I know they take breaks every what, 12, 13 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, that's only 12 minutes. You know, yeah. like it's, it's so mental for me. It's such a mental game for me that I find that if I can kind of just get lost in my thoughts mm-hmm. and just run, then I'll be like, okay, I've probably gone 20 and I'll lift up my towel and be like, 38. What are you talking about? You know, you get like really excited that it's, it's been further, but yeah, I'm, I'm just a, a mental runner like that though. I just, I kind of like just using the time for thinking, um, borderline meditating. I don't know. It is definitely my time and it's where I just kind of let all the thoughts just spew. Is it usually head. in the morning, like super early? Yeah. I'm usually Still. like four thirty. Really? Yeah. So before you take your son to school. Yep. Okay. So how how has the evolution of treadmills changed in those last like oh, ten years? Oh goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. So I a huge shout out to the people who introduced me to Woodway treadmills. Um, really? Like I said, I was just running on a Nordic track. I um, had decided I wanted to do a hundred mile charity run at the, our NBC affiliate in um, downtown Phoenix. And I had contacted Nordic track and they're like, yeah, we'll get you some treadmills. Well, they totally bailed on me. Mm-hmm. And so I took to the blog world and I said, does anybody know where I could borrow a treadmill? Cause m- my goal was to have one for me and one for someone else to run next to me. On. Yeah. And my friend, Michelle, totally just, <laughs> she emails me and she's like, I know a guy, I know a guy who does these woodway treadmills and he will contact the person and we'll, we'll get you these treadmills. I'm like, what, wait, what the heck are those? Like, I never heard of them. I'm like, oh, great. These are going to be some like horrible treadmills that like, but at this point I'm like, whatever, I need a treadmill. Turns out they're like the cream of the crop, like to me, the best treadmill that there is. And I, I was like, no way. You know, I saw this treadmill and I'm like, it looks all futuristic and kind of weird. It has these weird slats and it goes, you know, all sorts of ups and downs, and it just looks totally different than anything I've ever been on. Well, it also feels very differently than anything you've ever been on. And after I used it for that hundred mile run, I was like, I'm sorry, I have to have one of these. Like, I've this heard has good to things. Yeah, it has to happen. And um, my husband looked at how much it costs. And he's like, and you're going to need to start working more. Can you tell us how much do they cost? So at the time back in, I think that was 2011, it was 10 grand. Okay. And it it was 10, nine. And then you have to pay like $1,500 to get it shipped. And then it actually requires special electricity, like a special outlet, which is also like another 600 bucks. OMG. So like, oh, crap. And it, yeah, it's not something you just plug into the wall. And um, yeah, so I saved and saved and saved. And I, yeah, I worked really hard to get that. And so hey, I, I got as it much as you my, use that, that is know, worth every I'm penny. Like, I will not dry my clothes on it. It will not be used as yeah. a clothes horse. It'll yeah. totally be, you know, used to its best ability. And so, yeah, I got it probably like seven or eight months later. 
And then ever since then, just had the best relationship with Woodway. I ended up upgrading to their forefront, I'd say probably four years after my first. Can I have your old one? I know, right? <laughs> I had to trade it in. I was, yeah. it's like, a, like I said, it's like a car. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you trade this in, and, and so then I think I had to spend like three or four grand to get the new one mm-hmm. with my trade in. It's worth it. And okay. Yeah, totally. And then um, just, I, it's probably 10 months ago, I got their newest one and they were awesome enough just to do a straight across on that one. Um, and, you know, they're awesome. They realized that I, I, at least at the time last year, they said, I'm, I'm the person who runs the most on a treadmill like that they have using their treadmills. You can <laughs> and, market this thing like yeah. you're doing right now. They're getting their money's worth on this podcast. I know. I know. Right. But <laughs> that's what's funny about Woodway, though, is like they don't they don't advertise. Yeah. Like they don't need to. So that's what's funny. I, I remember when I was trying to buy my first one, I'm like, is there any way? You know, I was like, I, I might as well ask, can you give me a discount? Or if I do this promo for you, will you give me sure. a little break on the price? They're like, uh, we don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I feel you. Treadmill I mean, elitist. They, they literally don't do it. They're like, we don't need to. And I know that sounds really like, you know, not not the best thing to hear a company say, but he's like, we just really don't. We 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 don't have to do that kind of marketing. Okay, <laughs> I but like, I am still going to contact them and be like, will you right? sponsor my podcast? There you go. <laughs> I know for real, it could happen. Uh, you just don't so know. Um. So okay, couple questions about the treadmill then. Okay. So we all know she's running on a woodway, which is amazing. Uh, <laughs> now we all want one, but no, none of us can afford it. Um. No. So one thing, my. Uh, the uh, athletic trainer that I've seen a few times, he always is like, I don't let my um, runners who have like issues with the glute activation run on treadmills because you're less likely to activate your glutes when you run on a treadmill. And Mm -hmm. I personally love running on treadmills. I like both. I do both in the summer. I usually run outdoors, but in the winter I've got like no problem hopping on a treadmill for a longer run. Um, So do you have any issues with that kind of stuff? And do you focus on like doing glute activation and things like that? You know, it, it's a funny that you bring up that question because I would say probably two to three years ago, I started feeling like, well, I kind of stopped doing a lot of my strength training. So that is number one yeah. problem. And, and, you know, it was kind of the time in my life. Um, I didn't love, so I guess it was a little bit more than two or three. It's probably more like four years. I didn't love having my son in the daycare at the gym at the time. The one that was closest to us, I didn't really care for it. It was kind of gnarly and I'm kind of a germaphobe. So I was like, you know, and I would just say, oh, I'll just do this when I get home, which I never did. Sure. Um, So I guess to answer your question, I have needed to add strength training back into my life because I feel like whenever I don't and and I, I guess I hadn't really attributed it to a treadmill, you know, issue. I just attributed it to a lot of running without a lot of strength training. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to me that he said that cause I, I never would have put that together, but I guess it, it does kind of make sense. The thing, um, with the treadmill running that I do, I, I really try to use a lot of what the treadmill is capable of. Not to say I don't get stuck in routines where it just feels good to put it on a 2% incline and just kind of just go for it for three hours. But, you know, the, the treadmill is capable of going up to 25 and it goes down three. Yeah. And, you know, it as long as you're, I, I don't know if it's keeping your legs guessing or just making sure you're doing different workouts on the treadmill yeah. and not just putting it the same thing all the time. I can tell that my legs are much happier when I move things around. Yeah, no. And I, yeah. I think that some people too think, Oh, if they're going to do speed work, they need to do it outside. But like yesterday it was like oh, 90 goodness. here and I, I was like, so thankful. I was like, yes, I can do mile repeats on the treadmill. That sounds so much better right. than doing them around the track. And oh yeah, I don't think that that takes anything away from from the validity of the workout. Like I think that I I probably even tested myself harder than I maybe would have outside on the treadmill uh, yesterday. 
See, I love that. I think that's exactly the case because, I mean, you put in the speed you want to go and you're committed. So if you want to go slower, you have to physically (laughs) take your hand and decide that you're going to cop out a little bit. And otherwise, you know, if you're outside, you just kind of let your legs get a little bit slower. So I think there's something really cool about using it for that. For sure. I mean, and I see value in both. Like, I definitely see value for me personally of like the mental toughness of like committing outside as well. Yes. But I, I love the flexibility of being able to do both. And actually, one of the guys that I think he won the Monumental Half last year, Brogan Austin, I heard him on, he must have been on Mario Fraioli's podcast, some, some podcasts, but he was talking about like, he lives in Iowa, and it's really snowy a lot in the winter. And he does like a lot of his, like most of his workouts on the treadmill, just because he yeah. can like, program them and no matter what the weather is, like he knows exactly what he can do. And he's running you like, can, yeah, you know, a uh, at one hour, half something crazy, half marathon. Oh, geez. Yeah. Do you, no, um, that's amazing. Do you find that, because you have done lots of like 100 mile races and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like you go outdoors and do races. So like, have you found that you've had any issues with translating? I do 90% of my runs on a treadmill to now I'm going to get out here and do this race. Yeah, no, it's it's probably more like 98% of my training. <laughs> and no, see, the thing that that's what I love about it. I think some people get really scared that it doesn't convert. If you're using your treadmill right, it will convert. It absolutely will. And the thing I've actually found that not only do like the numbers convert for me, but I find that once I'm outside running in a new area, a new, I mean, everything's pretty much going to be new to me unless I'm running the same race over and over again, which I also do. But, um, I, I'm just so taken back by the scenery. You know, I find myself just being like, Oh, this is beautiful. Like, look at all these things I get to look at, you know, whereas at, at home, I'm pretty much looking out a window But, um, I just find that when I'm outside, the miles just click somehow even faster because I'm taking it all in. I got Mm. something to look at and it's beautiful or there's people. And I mean, none of which I get in my office. So (laughs) I, I don't know. I, I have found it has converted for the way that I train. And like I said, I, I never run at a zero, um, incline. I always make sure that there's something on there because, um, ever since I very first started running on the treadmill, I, re- I read something about how, you know, you needed a certain percentage just to make it like outside running. So I've always made sure to go, you know, a little bit harder on that conversion to make sure it does equate. But yeah, I mean, I, I got a PR for the first time in, geez, seven, six or seven years, just last February. Oh, congratulations. And what, so, what distance? thank you. Um, the marathon. Nice. So I, I was kind of stuck at like 315 for like forever. And then I had bow. I started doing a lot of hundreds. And then I kind of just dialed in my training a little bit. And then um, my favorite marathon ever, Phoenix Marathon, um, I somehow ended up with a 310. Nice. And I was just like, okay. It just felt really good being 42. I mean, I feel like I'm ancient. So to have had my last PR view when I was 36, I was just like, I should just give up. Like who gets a PR at 42? So that makes was, me so excited. I was pretty happy about it. I know. I just kind of saying 42 makes me feel so old, but no. that was, that was really, really good moment. <laughs> I know age is such a weird thing. I mean, it is. <laughs> even when I think about when I was in my twenties, like in 30 sounded old and now I'm closer to 40 than 30. And I'm like, it's just, and, and I was listening to a podcast the other day where I think it was Dax Shepard's podcast and it's like, maybe it wasn't his, I don't know whose it was anyway, <laughs> but the people were talking about how, le- yes, it was Dax. It was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. Okay. And, um, she was, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was saying like, I still feel like I'm like 25. Like I don't, right? you know, and she's probably <laughs> close to six. She's probably 55 and uh. I have no idea how old she is, but somewhere around there. And it's just like, it is such a strange thing. Like you're just you keep getting older, but right. like you're the same person. And like, why do we put value on it? I, I know. know I got stuck at 27. I swear, I'm stuck at 27. I, that's but... a great age to be stuck at, though. <laughs> no, I feel like right? 27 is where I like started really like feeling comfortable in my own skin. And exactly. I know. Exactly. Though I would like. I've been saying this ever since I started this podcast. I would like to hit pause right now. Like. 
I like right? I like the 30s right now, and I'm I know I'm going to say it in the 40s too, though. So we're okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it. But I always think about that with my babysitters and stuff. I'm like, they probably look at me and think, "Oh man, she's like so much older than me." And I'm like, no, but I feel no. the same. I feel the same, young like, 21 just wait, year old girlfriend. Yes, yeah. you'll be me, and you'll think, "Oh, that's what Absolutely. that's what it was like." Um, yeah, well, that's really inspiring. All right, people, 98% of her runs on the treadmill at 42. She just ran a marathon PR of 310. That's so cool. Thank you. Um, all right, let's, let's get to end of the podcast questions. I feel like listeners are going to have a lot of follow-up treadmill questions. Um, (laughs) I hope. I'm going to. Anytime I can get anyone not hating the treadmill, I'm all for it. Yeah, I was going to say, do you ever, do you ever get like mean stupid online troll haters on it oh yeah i bet everybody does right definitely doesn't make me special it just makes me human so yeah it it, there's always going to be people who hate on it and that's totally fine i'm not here to change anybody's mind about it i'm just here to you know maybe put a little thought in there that like if you don't hate it and go into it thinking this is the worst and this is going to be the worst you might actually get some use out of it yeah totally um, okay. What is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Oh, I unfortunately have like seven swirling in my head. Um, let's hear them. I guess running wise, I would love to do Western States. Mm. It's just, you know, I know it's super challenging and I think it would just be grueling and hard and I think I would love it. Um, the other running one, I would really like to do one more treadmill 100 for, for charity. Um, those ones are actually my favorite runs ever just because it, I I guess anytime I go and I run a race and you finish and you get the medal, it seems a bit Mm self-serving. Whereas, um, and, and don't get me wrong. I think it's wonderful to cross that finish line no matter what. And I love it. But anytime I feel like I can use some sort of talent, um, whatever talent that is, you know, to to raise money and bring awareness to a different cause and at the same time get to do something I love, I feel like that's actually my happy place. Um, What did you raise money for the first time? um, It was for a domestic violence shelter in Phoenix. And then the second one was to raise money for schools um, to be built in India um, the, the other ones that I would really like to do is one for autism, maybe something, um, mental health awareness. And, um, also in, in Tucson become involved in big brothers, big sisters. And I, I kind of love that cause as well. So those are kind of the ideas swirling in my head anyway. <laughs> oh, so question when you did the treadmill, fundraiser and you said you were and then you wanted a treadmill for someone next to you did you guys like do that out in the open somewhere yeah yeah so the the first one was actually outside of the NBC studio in downtown Phoenix and then the other one was actually on Market Street in San Francisco oh cool outside yeah that's so so fun you get a lot of people just stopping by being like what the heck and you know if, if I don't remember the monetary amount but if they donated x amount then they could come run and you know, just as a part of a donation. But yeah, so it was fun just to get to meet people and see people like that. I've kind of always wanted to do something like that. But I'm like, Lindsay, you have to run more than 30 miles a week if you want to run 100 miles on a treadmill. (laughs) It's like, well, sometimes. (laughs) If you don't want to get injured. You you can just come and pop on next to me. Yeah. And then we'll just have a, it'll just look like we've been there all night. Yes, that's good. (laughs) Okay, so what, so, okay. Did you have another one or do you want to, um, move to the the, I guess the personally, um, this is going to sound super random, but like I have one year left of college. Oh, really? <laughs> and it, it's been that way for ages and I found kind of my business and it, it does well and I'm really happy with it. And so I'm kind of just like, why, why do I mm-hmm. need that? But I think the fact that I think of it every yeah. time someone asks me a question, I'm like, Emily, what are you doing? Go do that. Like who stops when they have one year left? And I slowly <laughs> raise my hand, but it's, you know, that, that I, I guess when I'm really being honest my, with myself, I would really like to do that. Just a personal thing. Yeah. That's awesome. And that would be so cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. You and your daughter can graduate at the same time. I know. I Oh, gosh. You just went there. I totally... <laughs> that is so true. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I better get on that. I know. Then. That's she's, but that's a problem. She's working at lightning pace. Yeah. So. You don't have many years left then. <laughs> no, no. You can always graduate with Bo if you need to. Yeah. There we go. That, that might be more my timeline. Yeah. You know? I, I got to fit it in somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> well, you mentioned you don't really like to read, but do you have a book that you could recommend to people? <sighs> you know, I guess... Mind Gym. I know it's not the newest book. I loved Mind Gym. It's it's a book I can read. Um, man, I probably read it once a year. Okay. It, I I just like the ideas that it gives you. I I like how it just kind of explains how powerful your mind is, and it it is so much more valuable than just in the running or fitness arena. Just taking the power of your mind and putting it in all the other aspects of your life, how it impacts, you know, your family, how it impacts your relationships, you know, your marriage, you're just keeping your mind positive. I think it's so easy to say and go, yeah, 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 blah. We've heard that so many times, but something about the wording in this book just makes me just let that thought sit in there a little longer and really try to use it in my life. So I love that book. Okay. Mind gem. That sounds good. (laughs) Who's someone fun, motivating or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, cocktail or tea with? Oh, geez. Um, And this is going to sound like this is really who just came into my mind. So I'm going to go with it. Michelle Gonzalez. Oh, Michelle. I love that. I know. So like my brain wanted to go like I don't know, The Rock or Oprah or something. But then I was like, wait, inspiring someone I haven't met yet. Like someone I've been in touch with for years and years through blogs and friends on Instagram and little messages back and forth. But I think the world of her. I think she is just a real solid, true to herself human. She is not willing to, she's totally willing, I should say, to explain what real life is like and not do the candy coat and so multifaceted that woman and I I would love to and it's gonna happen one day I have to say that I'm gonna make that happen (laughs) totally ah that makes my heart happy Michelle's a good friend of mine I love that oh good yeah that's so so wonderful and everything you say about her just then is is truly right yeah there's so many people who just kind of you know put out the image they want everyone to see but I I have always loved that she's willing to share some hard days and the good days and the this sucks days. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's, li- she's living her life. She's doing right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And let's us follow. So I appreciate that. Totally. Um, okay. I hope that I didn't make you too nervous at the beginning. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> What's your one message you'd like to send to the world? Okay, so this was the thought I had when you first told me before we started it, and I'm just going to stick with it. Um, I have this sign in my office right above um, kind of my treadmill. I can see it the whole while I'm running. It says, don't lose faith. You've got this. It actually says, you freaking got this. But (laughs) don't lose faith. You freaking got this. I love that. And, um, there are so many times that I, you know, not just running and struggling. I look up and I read that, but life moments where, you know, there may be tears in my eyes, but I will continue to think that I've got this at some point because I know I've been through hard things. I know harder things will come. And, um, I know I've got a a fighting spirit. I mean, can get through some of the shiz that life throws. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Emily, that's great. Well, I, I have enjoyed this so much. And Me I think too. I'm going to try to like jump in on the coffee and cocktail with Michelle so I can yes, hang please. out with you too. <laughs> that would be amazing. And um, you have a really great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Emily, for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. You can find Emily on Instagram. She's run EMZ. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhines626. You can give Sandy Boy Productions a little love on Instagram. Sandy Boy Productions. And don't forget, I started a second podcast, the Illuminate Podcast. Go check it out. If you enjoy, I'll have another. I think you'll especially enjoy my most recent episode on Illuminate, which went out on Wednesday, so two days ago. 
Um, it's with Julie Borez. She's the mom of three. She's a beach body coach and she's super high up in the beach body game. Uh, but she has a lot of really motivating and encouraging words for goal setting and just getting after it in life. I really enjoyed the conversation with her and I think you will too. Again, that's the Illuminate podcast. All right, friends, codes to remember, lilytrotters.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 20% off your order and sweatybetty.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 20% off your order there. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.